Welcome to Unmapped Travel Destinations, a series that uncovers all the untapped exotic remote destinations. Discover what it is like living literally at the edge of the world and learn what it's like to live as a local in the most unique destinations from the most traveled guy under 40, Dustin Fundheller. Also known as the Wandering Dentist. Wandering Dentist. The dentist that has been to every country in the world, even those you didn't know existed. Okay, so today we are going to be talking about the Falkland Islands. Now, just like last time, we'll discuss why I went there, how I got there, and what there is to do about it. Falkland Islands, which I did not know until I went there, is the best place in the world to see penguins. So if you love penguins, <laughs> It, they, they are quite cute when I went there. They're, they're amazing. So it's the best place in the world to see penguins. Also, there's a lot of history there. And it's just kind of off the beaten path. Um, so I would highly recommend you do the Falkland Islands. And with further ado, here we go. So, speaking about the Falkland Islands. Why did I go there? Well, first, to know why I went to the Falcon Islands, you need to know my history. Because, <laughs> of course, you're listening to exotic places to learn about me. <laughs> so, anyway, let's talk about this stuff. So, I was looking at traveling to every country in the world, and I had been deported by Israel, which means they did not allow me into their country, which is a huge topic, which we will have plenty of time to talk about Middle Eastern countries and Israel and stuff on other episodes of this show and other social media I have. But just know the fact that I had been deported and I had to get my stuff organized. I had to show that I was trying to travel to every country in the world. And there's only one issue with trying to travel to every country in the world. Well, there's a lot of issues. One major issue. I didn't know how many countries there were, right? Like, and other travelers are no help. Now, granted, I whenever I traveled, I always did things on my own. I never worked with a group, which I didn't realize most travelers, when they travel to other countries, even if they go sometimes to countries on their own, they're in this big travel community and doing things with other travelers. I wasn't. So my goal first was to show Israel that I was traveling to every country in the world. I had to figure out how many countries there were and how many countries I had left. FIFA said that there was 211. The Olympics said there was 206. The United Nations has different levels. It has 193 member states. It has 195 observer states. It has 206 states. That means disputed and undisputed. And in each of those categories, there's also a whole bunch of other crap. So, but the numbers to really remember is there's 193 member states, but there's 206 states overall with 13 of those states having a different level of membership, you know, uh, in a few committees or full membership. So anyway, and then the lastly is Lonely Planet brought out a book and they had 221. You know, I love sports. So the Olympics came to mind right away. FIFA came to mind right away. And I'm like, why don't I use their list? Well, the only I like their list and they had most countries I, I agree with, but they had a few that were missing like Western Sahara. Western Sahara is recognized by over 85 countries, but it doesn't have a FIFA team and it doesn't have an Olympic team. So the list that it's on is the United Nations uh, list of states, the 206 United Nations states. But the one list that none of those three didn't have was places that when I was a kid, I always assumed were countries. For example, Antarctica. And it just blew my mind. You could visit every country in the world, but not every continent. That doesn't make any sense. So... 
uh, Lonely Planet's book, The World, has Antarctica as a country. It also has Greenland as a country, which, again, I didn't know that. When I grew up in Little Town, Wisconsin, I always thought Greenland was a country. So, And I know it's disputed. People say, well, it's a technically a territory of Denmark. I don't want to really get into it. I just figured as long as I went to every country in Lonely Planet, every country in FIFA, every country in the Olympics, and every country that's a, a state, regardless of their status in the United Nations, if I combine all four lists, there's 236 countries, and if I do all 236, nobody can say that I did not travel to every country in the world. And I also did it in two other ways, which will talk about in different things. I made sure I crossed the border in every country and actually entered the country. And I also made sure that I went to an area of the country that was controlled by the main government and not like a loophole where it was a territory. You know, I didn't go to British Virgin Islands and say I went to, the, <laughs> went to England. I went to the British Virgin Islands and say I went to the British Virgin Islands, you know. So anyway, back to the whole point. So there's 236 countries. I entered them all the correct way and the way you should. And when I was going through the list, there was a country called the Falkland Islands. It was only on one of the four lists. It was on the Lonely Planet list. And I am so glad it did because it was incredible. Now, some people, when they go to the Falkland Islands, they are trying to visit that as a country. But they only have flights once a week. And one of the things that's really disappointing, I know this is crazy, people actually take the flight there, which is like a two, two to three hour flight, land there. While that plane deboards, they'll go through immigration and they'll get back on the exact same flight and fly out. So they'll have been in the country for like on the ground for like 30 minutes, maybe an hour, never even leaving, going outside the airport. Which, of course, the airport's really tiny because they only get one flight per week and that's all they have. So I didn't do that. Obviously, my only other option since they have flight once a week was to be there for a week. So that's why I chose to go there, because I wanted to visit it, because it was listed as one of my 236 countries. Okay, so now we're going to talk about how I got there, which this one is not as bad as Socotra. It's much, much nicer. So basically, there's one airport. It's in southern Chile, Puentes Aires, if I say it right. Uh, which you would think it might be from Argentina because Argentina is closer, but we will be discussing in the future why Argentina and the Falkland Islands don't really get along. So it's from Chile, so you have to fly all the way down to southern Chile from Puntas Aires, and then you, you fly from there to the Falkland Islands. The one thing is you got to remember this is the southern Chile. This southern Chile area only has flights to two places that leave Chile. I believe it's it, there might be more but as far as I'm aware it only flies to the Falkland Islands which obviously isn't Chile so it's a it's a different country and it flies to Antarctica so basically you have to go through immigration which happens to be one little guy I've never seen an immigration like this it's at the gate really when you go to the gate you go through immigration and get your passport stamped the crazy thing is they don't keep track of who because the gate has no food, right? So you want to go get food. So it's basically on an honor system. <laughs> you, They would have no idea if they stamped your passport or not because, like, you walk in and out a bajillion times. So anyway, that's 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 basically all it is. You fly to southern Chile and then you had to go there. You just The other thing is because they have one flight a week, 
you just definitely, definitely need to make sure that you don't miss that flight. Okay, so now we're gonna talk about what the Falkland Islands is like. Again, I had no idea. I Lots of times when I went to these places, I had no idea to expect, and I tried not to read too much. I would read about places I should make sure to see, like the sites I should make sure to see, but I really wanted to visit the places with an open mind. So I didn't do a ton of research on the history because I didn't want that to influence me and my perspective of the country. I wanted the locals to teach me about what I was about to see. So the first thing I need to break a stereotype and, and I wanted to meet locals there, right? And I wanted to know what their culture was like not from a tour guide, not from any crazy person. I wanted to know what it was like for locals. So I first went on Couchsurfing, which is this website to meet different locals. And I tried different, a bunch of different websites. Couchsurfing is one of the biggest ones to meet locals. And I tried to contact locals there. And guess how many locals are on Couchsurfing in Falkland Islands, or at least replied to me? Zero. Yeah, zero people replied to me. So that basically gave me one option. And that option was... The only way I could think of meeting locals was Tinder. Yes, exactly. So I went on Tinder, changed my location to Falkland Islands. Even though internet is super expensive there, people are addicted to Tinder. And so, yes, I got two matches with people in the Falkland Islands and two people that were really, really able to help me out a ton. So let's go over Tinder girl number one from the Falkland Islands. So she realized I was going to the Falcon Islands and she asked, well, how are you getting from the airport to the city? And I said, I'm taking a taxi. And she said, the airport arrives at the, at the Air Force base, right? So you, the only airport, they don't have a public airport. They, the public airline that flies there lands at the, at the airport base of the, of the British Army. So, or, or Air Force, the British Air Force. And so when you land there, they don't have taxis. And so she said, I will get you on the shuttle bus. So she signed me up for the shuttle bus. And so when I arrived there, the shuttle bus had my name and I was able to take the shuttle to the city and not be stranded in the middle of nowhere on this remote place because not too many people that go to the Falkland Islands are as unprepared as I am for everything to be organized. <music> All right, and then we're gonna talk about Tinder girl number two. Again, Tinder gets a lot of crap because people say it's used for the wrong things, which it probably is sometimes, but it's just a platform, just like a bar or anything else, and people can use it for the good and the bad. I used it as an amazing way to experience and learn what local life was like. And so, as you'll see in the story. So number two was a girl that it was, I arrived the day, New Year's Eve. And so, because it was New Year's Eve, everybody was going out for New Year's. And so when I arrived, after I set my stuff in the hotel or hostel, which was about $50 a night, which is pretty affordable when you consider how isolated it was in supply and demand. They don't have much supply. So you think the hotels would be way higher, way higher cost. But anyway, after I put my stuff in the hotel, it was basically a hostel. It was a single room in, in a hostel style. After I put my stuff in, in, in the hostel, I went to meet her and she was with her best friend. She was with a guy friend. So I immediately made three good friends from the Falkland Islands without literally doing anything, without having to connect or anything. They were very welcoming, very nice. 
And that was an amazing experience. So we went out for New Year's and the one thing you will realize is the way the Falkland Islands is. So the Falkland Islands has about 3,000 people, about 3,300. At any one time, the, the, the British military has between 1,000 to 2,000 people. So again, when the Falkland Islands has about 3,300 people and how many people are under 18? Probably a decent amount. How many people are over the age of 40? A decent amount. So when you go out to the bars, how many people are at the bars from the Falkland Islands? Maybe when you go to the bars, maybe it's 20%, 20 to 30% of the bar is people from the Falkland Islands. And the military makes up 70%. So when you go to the bars, if you are a female and you go to the Falkland Islands, you are in heaven because you have the, it's like, I think it's 10 men to every one woman at the Falkland Islands. If you are a guy like me and you're trying to meet a woman, I could care less. I was just trying to learn about the culture, but like, like if you were, I just felt bad for any man or any, yeah, any man that was born on the Falkland Islands because his dating life was going to be very difficult. <laughs> like the women are very lucky there. They have a lot of options. Even so, the men were really cool because again, they were stationed there and they don't see too many American tourists. So I, I, I was like a girl. No, the point is I, everyone bought me drinks, but even though, even girls, guys, everybody, because they were so interested in having a tourist there and learning about my story that I just remember, but drinks were pretty cheap. Drinks were like, it was like a, less than $2 a drink. So when I say they bought my drink, they made $2 for it. And I obviously tried to offer to buy drinks, but I'm not good at arguing and they never let me. But anyway, it was, it was a cool experience. It was a great time. And I, I really had a, a good time on uh, New Year's Eve. I was also impressed that they had multiple bars because it's such an isolated place. They had several bars. They, oh, they had fireworks too, which was pretty cool. So the, the fireworks went off. Now, they, obviously they didn't have a ton, but it was still cool that they celebrated fireworks at New Year's. And then the next day on New Year's Day, they have the annual boat race, which you build your own boat and you race it uh, from, of course, it's the Falkland Islands. You race it from one bar to the next bar down the river. Um, which is actually not really the river, it's, it's actually the ocean, and you, but it's pretty calm and you uh, race it down the ocean and, you know, try to have a winner. And of course there was six boats and of the six, two or three sunk. But you don't worry, everybody wore a life jacket, they got saved by people on jet skis, so, you know, it was just more of a funny type of atmosphere. But as I was walking down, one of the other guys staying at the hostel had friends that had a sailboat. So I was actually able to not, I was able to take a real boat, a sailboat, uh, and kind of see all about sailing, which was kind of a unique experience. They had sailed all the way from the Falkland Islands to the UK and also from the Falkland Islands to Australia, I believe, which just blew my mind. Like, it's this little tiny boat, and I don't know how that would be fun for people to just sit on this isolated place and have nowhere to be, go and be stuck on in the middle of nowhere, but I guess some people love sailing. Moving on, so they had, I mean, it was just really impressive. One of the most disappointing things about the Falkland Islands was how normal everything was. Because during the, during the day they had inflatables, so a lot of the kids were out doing the inflatable rides and everything at the, the bar, that was at the bar where the race ended. The other thing that was cool about the Falkland Islands is the temperature. So the temperature of the Falkland Islands always stays very similar. It goes be basically between 30 to 60 degrees. So it never really gets above 60. Sometimes it might hit the lower 70s. 
I think the hottest it's ever been in the Falkland Islands is 75. So basically it goes between, and it never gets below, I would say it never gets below like 35. So basically between 40 to 60 degrees every day. So if you like the fall and the spring in somewhere like Wisconsin, which is where I'm from, the Falkland Islands is perfect. Now, the reason it's so unique is most, there are places near the equator, like when I was in Singapore, which stayed between 75 to 95 every single day. And there's a lot of places that stay really hot all the time, but there's very few places like the Falkland Islands that don't get snow, but stay cool the entire year round. Falkland Islands is one of the only places. So if you love that temperature, that you can go any time of the year and they it's just unbelievable. They basically never get snow but they never get a really hot day either. So it's it's kind of, you know, if you like your spring coat weather, it's perfect. Okay, the next thing to talk about was, there was the boat, the Pharaohs, which is a boat that was there, that people were stationed there, that goes around the Falkland Islands, St. George Island, and different things near Antarctica to find for illegal fishing. The thing that blew, and the British pay for it, but the thing that blew my mind is they had been going for six years and never found one illegal fisherman, which means they're paying people and entire staff for six years and the staff really doesn't do anything except just go in circles around exploring and they're not really doing the best job. But anyway, the people were really cool and I remember meeting the chief engineer who took me on the boat and it was a lot like the boat you took to, the, to Pitcairn Islands. And it was just neat to see all the mechanics and different things, which would be really hard to explain over a video or like a podcast. But it was really neat to see how the boat worked. And it just showed you that there was some people that weren't always just living from the Falkland Islands. Also, one of the days we were there, there was a cruise ship that was going to Antarctica that stopped there. So they had tons and tons of tourists. And obviously they were selling lots of stuff during that day for that cruise uh, ship to arrive. Now, as we were speaking about before, penguins is by far the best thing in the Falcon Islands to do, and it's the best place in the world to see penguins. So these penguins, um, one of the times I went to see the rockhopper penguins, so I didn't realize this about penguins, and you probably don't realize this either too. When you see penguins at the zoo, they don't have the room that they have in the natural world. So in the natural world, these penguins would be up, these rockhopper penguins would be way up on the cliffs. And and the little baby penguins that just hatched them, I believe it was the mama penguins or the female penguins that would be up on the hill next to their little babies. And the men, or it could be females, I don't really know, went fishing. And so the the when the the penguins that went fishing would come up to get the fish that they collected, they would regurgitate to the young. And when they would do that, they would have to walk up like a hundred meters. It was like, it would have been hard for me to climb it. And penguins don't even have feet. They just waddle. So it takes them like an hour and a half to two hours to, to make it up this cliff waddling to, to make it to their family. Um, so that was kind of fun and cute to see them do that. And also they don't come by themselves. Penguins are very together as a group. So when they come in from the ocean to come up to the cliffs, they come in groups of four or five. So they're not big groups, but they're also not individually. They'd always kind of come in a small little pack. It reminded me a lot of humans. So the ways we do things as groups, when we go to school, we have small little groups of friends. So yeah, so that was really cute. The other thing to know about penguins, they smell really bad, but maybe it's because they're regurgitating their food, but holy crap do they smell. It's, it's, 
It's it's miserable. And the other thing about penguins is they don't shut up. And they just keep going the whole, I can't really do it, just the whole stinking time. So I also wanted to see the king penguins, which is at Volunteer Point. Now, the Falkland Islands has the most king penguins of anywhere else in the world besides Antarctica. So maybe you'll say Antarctica is the best place to see penguins, but I disagree with you because to go to Antarctica for one day for eight hours is $5,000. That's for eight hours for one day, and you're not even going to go to any place where there's king penguins. So my point is, it's thousands upon thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of dollars to go see king penguins in Antarctica. Whereas the Falkland Islands is less than a thousand dollars round trip plane ticket to go there and you can stay for $50 a night there. And you just take a, a four wheel Jeep. So it's much more affordable, much more realistic to go see penguins in the Falkland Islands and the king penguins are awesome. Again, because you're not in a zoo, when you see the king penguins, you'll see most of them will be in a circle, but then there'll be a few stragglers, not stragglers, but people, the king penguins going out and fishing and doing things. And they'll walk over 400 meters, which might not seem that far, to the big group. But when you have to waddle the whole way, it's hilarious. And they'll grow, like, I swear, the penguins are like people. Sometimes there'll be two penguins walking together, and it just reminds me of, like, grumpy old men. They'll sometimes hit each other with their little wing or flapper or whatever you would call it <laughs> that penguins have. So they're just, they're just the funnest things to watch. So if you ever go to the Falkland, I mean, I would highly recommend going to the Falkland Islands, if nothing else, for the penguins. So let's talk about a few other things about the Falkland Islands. Stanley is where by far the vast majority of almost everybody in the entire country lives in Stanley. And then they have little, if you want to call them villages, which I rented the car for a day to go drive around and see the other places. And these villages would have like three homes. So I guess three families create a village and it actually gets called a name. And so it was really pretty much Stanley and everybody else. Um, I took a, a round robin flight. So basically they do have people that are in remote areas. And so they have a flight and the, the airports in these remote places is a bunch of grass. So I went to Weddell Island, which is the third biggest island on the Falkland Islands. And it's way on the other side. So Stanley's on the east. The Falk and Weddell Islands all the way on the west. So I flew all the way there and landed and like the airport was just grass. It was like, think of like just open grass area. And there was, Weddell's population is pretty big. It's a population of two people. And so their job is to watch when the plane lands to make sure no sheep run onto the airport. So anyway, what they had is the two people had three visitors. So the, the island had over doubled the population to come visit and see nature and live there for like a week or something and they were going back and the plane can take i think maybe six passengers and so i was able to pay like 40 bucks to just fly around at 45 dollars or something like that to fly around and see all these different things so we picked up two people um one place and then at the Weddell island we picked up a few other people and dropped off and kind of their schedule is more it goes wherever the people have to go because there's a few th places it can go and it really depends who needs to be picked up and who doesn't. So that was kind of interesting to see about Weddell Island. So as I told you before, one of the really cool things when you travel is using Tinder. It can actually be really, really beneficial. Well, the best thing to do is meet locals and it's an amazing 
um, device or application to be able to meet people really fast, really quickly, and really efficiently, which then sometimes people use it for the wrong reasons, but it can also be very beneficial, like I said, when I travel. So again, let's go back to Tinder girl number two, the one that invited me out with her friends for New Year's. Well, she invited me out one more time to go bowling, and which is incredible that they have a bowling alley, but here's how it works. The bowling alley is at the military base, but because it's such a small island and so isolated and nothing ever happens there, almost nothing ever happens there, uh, you, residents can go use it. So I did go to the military base and we went to the movie theater and bowling alley and that was kind of fun and kind of unique and something I would have never done if it wasn't for matching with her. And one thing about just being in the Falcon Islands was it was disappointingly normal. The buildings were normal. They had a gym. They had restaurants. Okay, they didn't have very many restaurants, but they had a few. They had your normal kind of fast food place. Uh, obviously, no name brand fast food places. So it just it had a lot of normal stuff, which was almost a little bit disappointing. You want it to be crazy and off the books. I also did archery. One of the days I went and did archery, which was really cool because, again, they didn't have a lot of people. So I'd never done archery before. And their archery club is only four people. So when they had a, a tourist come, basically got free archery lessons. They really worked with me and taught me how to do archery, which was really cool to, to be a part of. So one of the things that was a big deal in the Falkland Islands was the war that had happened in the 1980s. Basically, Argentina's leadership was losing a lot of popularity. He was going, people were pretty upset. And so if there's one way to get popular, it is to win a war. So he decided to invade the Falkland Islands, which happened to be very close to Argentina, but have been under the British for years and years and years. And so... It ended up being a 72-day war, and he invaded it. But basically what they did is they took uh, people just off the street in Argentina. Now, this is coming from a local in the Falkland Islands. It's not coming from any sources. I'm just telling you what I was told from the locals in the Falkland Islands. So basically, the Argentinian men were very untrained. I, I, they were told the rumors are that they were tied on the posts of where they are so they won't escape. Even rumors that sometimes they were shot in the legs so they couldn't run away. And just crazy stuff. Uh, when the war was over, they discovered a bunch of food that, that was for the soldiers that nobody knew about. So, again, food was... They were running out of food and they could have used that. And it was just absolutely crazy. The Falklands is very flat. So the, the Argentina took over the, the islands and then the British came with, like, their a bunch of military to retake it over and because the land was so flat that they would have to attack at night but the Argentinians were so bad that they could literally sneak all the way up to them before Argentina would even realize. So the crazy part was the my guide who was telling me all about this was alive the whole time. He, he said it wasn't that big of an issue but like even though they had taken it and they were more because they all of the people from the Falkland Islands wanted to be British. They spoke English. They felt more connected to England. And, but the Argentina was really trying, when, for the 72 days they were in charge, they were trying to drop pamphlets and try to convince some of them to become Argentinian. And the last story to tell you is, again, about my Tinder girl number two. So she 
the I think it was a Friday night was the last night I was there. And on that Friday night, I decided to go out. Now, the Tinder girl wasn't there, but her best friend was there. And her best friend was flirting with this guy from the army because, as we talked about, they were basically all army there. And so the army guy was a cook, which, ten I guess, must be a really nice job in the army because when you're a cook, it's not as demanding as some of the other jobs in your life. Chances are your life isn't as at risk as being on the front lines or any any of the other things. So anyway, it was really neat though because he brought us all back because of course I was the friend of the guy, of the girl that he was flirting with. So he brought me back and I was able to see their base, which was really cool. And it was pretty informal because again, they don't have a lot of action there, but it was neat to see they had pool tables, big TV, uh, huge like rec room and it was just a, an interesting experience I wouldn't have had again without all these connections so anyway that concludes the Falcon Islands if you would like to see penguins or like to go to somewhere very unique that a lot of tourists don't go to I would highly recommend going there follow unmapped travel destinations on Instagram and Facebook to see photos from this week's destination and follow the wandering dentist himself at wandering underscore dentist on Instagram or wandering dentist on Facebook. I always follow. I always follow. If you have questions or ideas for future shows, please reach out on social media. Please let your family and friends know as word of mouth is the best way to let others save money. Lastly, a five-star review is always greatly appreciated until next time. Save Safe travels.